It's time we honor the biggest lie ever told, that if we made money as a business owner or hit a certain dollar amount, our problems would suddenly go away, right? My name is Cheryl Dorsey. I'm a data journalist, a tech founder, and a longtime entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, and have done what feels like all the things. Yet I still wonder on a daily basis, am I doing this right? As entrepreneurs, we provide more time than we have, risk more money than most, and sell or are sold to more than we would like to admit. It's my mission through this show to give you a space to honor the powerful builder and CEO in you, even when sometimes it feels like no one should have left you in charge. Incredible work doesn't come without painful lessons. Welcome to I think I'm doing this right. Welcome back to I think I'm doing this right. My name is Cheryl Dorsey. I am founder and CEO of The Plug. The Plug is a news and intelligence platform covering the black innovation economy. Now, all of those words sound very impressive. Essentially, it is combining data and journalism and telling a very, very different story of the narrative of how black innovation is shaping the future of business, shaping the future of work, and shaping society at large. I started my company almost accidentally. Quite honestly, it was just the frustration of mainstream media covering these stories of black and brown founders in this like kind of magical sense and not necessarily doing deep concerted analysis or reporting around how the businesses, the, the assets under management, the communities, and even the impact that we were having was contributing to the greater conversation and the greater movement of what happens when you invest in and you name black genius. The plug is not my first rodeo. Quite frankly, I have started, failed, stopped, pivoted, transitioned lots of different businesses. In college, I had a newswire service. This is right at the height of the recession. And I had a newswire service that allowed people to go online, submit their press release, and I would target all of the major women's publications and editors. And it was pretty smooth. It was like you submit your press release for 175 and it was like the most basic website. I had maybe like a classmate build and I ended up just like pay, helping to pay my rent for like a year just off of this business alone. What I wanna say to you, for anyone who's trying to get started, I know it can feel so intimidating to watch people build these multi-million dollar businesses, to get their products in places like Target or Walmart or you know, raise $25 million plus for their business and showcase it across social media. And then you kind of walk back to like your little humble beginnings and, and feel like I'm not doing that or I'm not doing the most. But do not, do not think that your start, your baby steps are not significant. So I wanted to talk in this episode specifically about the tech stack. A lot of times we don't get started just because we don't know how all the pieces of the puzzle are going to fit together. In this day and time, with all this technology at our disposal, it is fairly straightforward, fairly simple to start a business. The barrier to entry is so incredibly low. 
we know folks who are selling their goods and wares across the Instagrams, the TikToks, what have you. You can set up a Shopify store. I think even back in the day, you could set up an Amazon store and just be like an affiliate marketer. There's so many different ways just to get started. Once you have your vision for your business, setting up your systems is going to be key to your success. And a lot of times when we are unaware of, well, how do you go from an LLC to hiring a CFO or, you know, how do you make sure that your books are in order so that you're not shooting yourself in the foot come tax time? Um, or how do you start selling on a platform? Or there's all these questions that you have. And of course, you can search high and low. You can, you know, go to your local business center. You can read the right blogs. You can, you know, sign up for the course or even, you know, just kind of be part of a group, a mastermind group that will help you kind of get to that next level. But overall, there's just something you have to pay attention to, and that is your tech stack. Your tech stack is going to take you so far. I started the plug with a hope, a prayer, and a $10 domain name. I bought theplugdaily.com. I finagled a Squarespace website and I went to work and I was consistent and I was sending out my emails and there might've been a hundred emails that I first started with. And then over time that grew to a couple thousand and then to tens of thousands. It was very fairly straightforward. The biggest investment is the vision and the idea and the idea of staying consistent and the discipline of staying consistent. The tech stack is what helps you to get there so that you can hyper-focus on the business as well as the concept and bringing your idea to market. Hey folks, thanks for tuning into the podcast. I hope you're getting all the gems and all the tools from the lessons here. I just wanted to make sure I took the time to tell you about my new book, Upper Hand, The Future of Work for the Rest of Us. You can get it wherever books are sold. In it, I dive into the roadmaps of helping you, your loved ones, students, mentees, communities really understand and define strategies for understanding the language of innovation, entrepreneurship, and what's ahead. It's built with pages of exercises, lists of free or low-cost education tools and certifications, and a full 10-page list of what jobs will define the future, the salaries of those jobs, and prerequisites. If you've ever felt overwhelmed about what you need to get started in the tech industry or simply need a bit of guidance on how to create opportunities for yourself, pick up Upper Hand today. So I want to talk about some of the things that were helpful for me in terms of building out my tech stack so that I could successfully run my business and also even run it remotely. So even prior to the pandemic, I had a concept for I want to work remotely. I want to have a remote team. I want to be able to operate my company anywhere in the world. So I'm going to have to 100% rely on technology. I don't want any paper. I don't want to have to file things into some dark cabinet in the basement. Like I solely want to create a digital first business. So we talked about having the email service provider, right? I was using MailChimp at the time. We talked about buying the domain name, going to a service provider like a GoDaddy to purchase the, you know, the plugdaily.com. And then when I started getting into, all right, now people are writing me checks, setting up online bank accounts, and then being able to integrate with bookkeeping software. Personally, I like to use a company called Bench. And at bench.co, there's online accounting software. Some people use QuickBooks, some people use FreshBooks, and all of these other sort of, you know, 
online software services that allow you to keep track of what's coming in, what's coming out, what's due, what kind of contributions have you made, and just making it easy for your tax preparer overall. Some of the other things that are important about your tech stack is making sure that whatever you are implementing is making your life easier. I love being able to email receipts and for receipts to my accounting services. So I never have to save a bunch of stuff into a folder or a drive. It's saved there for me. I love using a password manager. So whether you're using LastPass or 1Password or what have you, it makes the process so simple. A lot of times keeping track of deals, especially as your team starts to grow, can be a bit cumbersome. You have to start thinking about how do you, you know, project manage your deal flow, your, your special projects, your client campaigns, and whether you're using something like a Get Monday or an Asana or a Dubsado, there are so many different productivity tools that allow you to create to-do lists, task lists, progress reports, what have you. Again, your tech stack can be whatever particular software system works for you. The great thing as well is that many of these products and these solutions are free or they, have, they start with a free trial and then you can upgrade as you need it as your business grows. Payment processing, everything from Stripe to whatever the, the cart is that you're using for your company, those things, again, can help to manage customer service inquiries, order fulfillment, helping to run your email campaigns, what have you. The idea here, again, is that you start off with the basics and you work your way up. Don't let the confusion around how to operationalize your business keep you from moving forward in your business. Again, it doesn't matter who's raised what or how big their team is. At the end of the day, it is start off small, do what works for you, and then work your way up. So what happened when it came time for me to start hiring people? Well, the hiring process for me was really intimidating because I was so used to working number one, alone, and then number two, getting contractors to work on bits and pieces of my business. And I loved following Paul Jarvis. Um, Paul Jarvis back in the day had a newsletter. He's an entrepreneur and a technologist, and he has this amazing book called Company of One. And I thought to myself, I can build a really dynamic company, I can live all over the world, and I can just work with a bunch of different contractors and maybe agencies and just like build my company the way that I want it to build it without having to make these deep investments. And some of the core tenets of like minimalism within your entrepreneurship journey can be really profound and really outstanding. But then also at some point, things get to be too much <laughs> that you cannot just rely on someone working part-time on your business. You kind of have to have them 100% bought in. But it was intimidating. It was intimidating to try to find someone to come into your home and start like babysitting your child. Right? I can only imagine if you're a parent how hard it is to like let go of some of that control and trust that this person is going to be good to your baby, be kind to your baby, feed it, nurture it, you know, pull it back in when it's acting crazy and all of those things. And so the recruiting process, I had to learn so much more about myself, identifying what is the role for, what do I, what do I need this person to accomplish, what kind of person do I actually want to be able to work with, Work, um, work with, what are they bringing to the table that's going to be something completely outside of my skill set as well. And I remember I was in, a, in an accelerator program and one of the coaches told me like, listen, like 
leverage your coaches, leverage your advisors. Maybe they help you with the interview process. So the cool thing is that places like LinkedIn, sometimes Indeed, there's some free like job platform places. Um, I always see folks who uh, will tweet you know, hey, come work with me. We're hiring for X, Y, and Z. And maybe it links to a Google form to intake folks' information. Again, there are thousands upon thousands of tools and ways in which to create a process and a technical stack of resources to help you run your business from, from A to Z. And you can consistently audit those tools. Are they still working? Do they integrate well? How can I ensure that maybe I set up an autoresponder to let my let my customers know I'll respond to you in you know 48 hours or here is a frequently asked question you know template that goes like directly to your folks um, after they sign up for your for your newsletter. How do you make the technology stack work for you so that you can hyper focus on continuously building the vision for your company? So at some point, hiring people from the internet was gonna require much more than just being overly, overly, over, overly promoting that I am hiring. At some point, I had to start outsourcing to an executive search firm to find some of my more top tier senior level employees. And now again, that was really hard. It was the first time going through that process. But I also consider having the resources at your disposal as part of your tech stack as well. Who can I send this job description to who can go out and find me the top tier candidates so that I can take this off of my plate? As an entrepreneur, you are consistently trying to solve for time. You can always get money. You cannot get your time back. So at some point, I had to say, all right, all of these systems and tools are now in place. What other things do I no longer need to be working on so that I can focus on the next level vision for the business? So now when it comes to funding your business, again, there are so many different ways to get started. Some people will save for a considerable amount of time and then sort of strike out with this great pot of money. I was not one of those people. Or they use their job and use their job as an investment vehicle into the business that they're creating. I was not one of those people. I completely started off with nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Actually, I spent $10 on the domain name. Maybe it was like $3.99 and then like I signed up for like a free trial for like a Squarespace site. And maybe that's how I got started. I have to remember, it feels so long ago. And there are several things that I started with no money, just a lot of gusto and some really, really great templates that I could kind of, you know, tweak so that I could, you know, at least get that kind of first you know, in, in, in the tech and innovation space, that first like minimum viable product, right? That's where you're putting, you know, your duct tape, your glue, your sticks, and you know, your, your popsicle sticks together and you're like creating something and saying like, ta-da, we've arrived. And then by the time you get through all of your iterations as you grow your business, now you have a Tesla. Although, I don't know, am I supposed to mention Tesla? Maybe not. I think we're kind of mad right now at Tesla, but. Hey folks, my new podcast is not the only place to get tips and gems and updates from me. You can also go to my website at shereldorsey.com and sign up for my monthly newsletter, where I share thoughtful essays on productivity, innovation, business, as well as new projects I'm working on. I'd love to have you share this podcast and give me a shout on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or wherever you're being social these days. And if you're enjoying the content thus far, don't forget to leave your girl a review. Okay, now back to the show. So I didn't start with any kind of lump sum of money. 
what I had learned in some of my previous places of employment was to just create the right narrative and pitch the right thing and deliver the value. And then you can then receive the money from that particular experience. And so as the plug continued to grow and to expand, I started getting inquiries. Well, can you cover this event? Can we help to promote this particular event? And I just started to put a price tag on it. So my first couple of checks, the checks that allowed me to bring on freelancers, that, uh, that enabled me to bring on a project manager so that while I was in grad school and the company still needed to move forward, I could cut them you know, a check at least once a month as a contractor came from my advertisers. And so I thought about, look, if I am customer focused, client focused, and just going for broke on the revenue end, then I can use that to continuously reinvest in the business. Now, some people may go and say, look, I have this idea. It's a high growth, high, high tech company, high growth, high growth business. I'm going to go out and raise some capital. Some people may use a crowdfunding platform like a Start Engine or a Kickstarter or what have you, and all of these platforms have their own different rules and regulations, so you have to figure out what's going to work best for you. There is literally no right way in which to do this. It's about also what you feel comfortable with. And at some point, I feel like I had to stand out, stand out of my own way because I was vehemently against raising any money. I didn't want to owe anyone. Like, I am a child of the student loan fiasco. And I'm like, listen, I'm tired of Sally Mae calling me every two weeks. Like, since we broke up, we you got to move on. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm I, we got to move on from this relationship. It was toxic, what have you. And so I did not want to go into a business incurring a sense of debt. And the more that I started to spend time with friends who were venture capitalists and um, other folks and watching how they use the capital co to continue to expand their business, I thought, to myself, okay, you know, maybe I should be a little bit more open to this and have a strategy behind how I want to spend the resources, especially knowing how crazy it is to go from zero to 60 and then realizing how much you can sometimes be standing in your own way when you have a very limited view of how to solve a problem. So whatever you, however you decide to raise your money, maybe you ask a couple of friends to rally behind you, everybody giving $100 so you can buy your first, you know, prototype of maybe your t-shirt line that you plan to sell on, on Shopify. Or maybe you take advantage of some of these like accelerator programs, especially these ones that provide grant dollars for women and women of color, particularly building in places like consumer packaged goods. There's so many different ways to find the dollars to get what it is that you need. So don't let the lack of money or the lack of capital prevent you from going forward. Over the last few years, I've raised about $800,000 in grants. And I wish I could say that I had some kind of magic formula for, for getting a grant, but I do not have a magic formula. I just applied. And for as many grants as I won, there are even more that I lost or that I was rejected from. And so all of it is just part of what is your strategy? What opportunities do you want to take advantage of? And then how do you build that into the, the flow of your business? Everything is about, well, how are you gonna use this opportunity to get to the next milestone? And whatever you decide, whatever it is that you choose, keeping folks around you who can help you to better understand how distribution can work in your favor at the end of the day. I think the other tech stack component that we don't pay attention to a lot is like social media. And I'm not just talking about for marketing purposes, but also networking and relationship building. 
I have met some of my closest friends, some of my biggest partnerships through connecting with people across social media and being intentional about, hey, you know, I happen to be in your city. I would love, you know, to, to have a sit down with you. I think what you're building is incredible. You know, I may have some connections I can share and just being like authentic about making those connections and showing my work in public. So at The Plug, we try very hard to, um, to, share, to showcase um, our, our data sets, to showcase our data visualizations and, and be teachers within our work. And so doing your work in public and thinking of the tools of social media, not just, you know, having fun. Like, sure, have fun on social media. Like, I love the dance videos like everybody else. Like, I love all of the home decor blogs and, and what have you and, and, and images and reels and what have you. But also think about it as a tool within your tech stack for networking, for, for relationship building, for finding your next deal, your next partnership, what have you. Use it as a tool if you're going to be spending all your time and attention. Like um, one of my advisors uh, always jokes about how he spent, you know, he'll spend like four hours a day on investor relations. And his investor relations is like going to Twitter and like connecting with investors or like saying things about the world of media or venture capital or how things are, are shifting and changing and really creating this sense of thought leadership. Overall, I want you all to think about this as something that you can do. It's starting small. It's working your way up. It is sharing and exchanging information. It is adopting maybe a Slack channel to better increase communications with your team. Maybe it is setting up you know, your Google account and ensuring that you have a process to activate new contractors who come on board. Whatever it is, make it part of your tech stack. Even now, I think about how I have a knowledge base I created from Notion. And it's kind of that, that go-to center, uh, command center, where my team can look up where are all of our marketing logos, where, um, where do we find vendors for in-person events, where we need to have a photographer or a videographer, um, how do I get paid, uh, where's a copy of, of, you know, of, of this or that or what have you, all those things that are in your head. Start building with the concept of, even if it's just you at your kitchen table, or you at your co-working space, or you on Saturdays, you know, selling your goods and wares at the market, start already thinking about, I'm running a 10-person team, a 20-person team, a 100-person team. And what would those people need in order to be successful? Start writing that down. How does everything integrate and build together? So that way, as you're moving along, you have a process, you have your own formula, you have the, own, the tools that you have adapted to that folks will have to come in and learn as you are growing and moving on. You get to drop those things off as you continue to ascend. But don't make this process intimidating. Try something. If it doesn't work, move on to the next thing. And if that works, if it ain't broke, do not fix it. That's it for the show today. I hope you all think about how your tech stack is helping you to succeed. Don't let it be your end-all be-all. Just make sure that you have something in place so that you can hyper-focus on building out your vision. Catch you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of I Think I'm Doing This Right. I hope this was your one hour to breathe, connect, relate, and realize you are not alone on one of the greatest self-development journeys there is to embark on, entrepreneurship. Make sure to share this with your other friends who are just trying to figure it out so more of us can have a safe space to learn as we grow. Until next week, remember, this journey is all about grit, grace, and gratitude.